Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to a special edition of the Mav Podcast, and it's special because you thought we weren't doing this. We totally faked you out last week. Psych. Yep. So even though it's a special edition of the Mav Podcast, we're still going to do our normal "What are you drinking?" segment. We gotta we gotta stay on trend here. So right. yep. There's some things that are very very important. We That's like our traditions here them. at the Mav Podcast. So, John, what do you got today? I have Genuine Hank's Gourmet Root Beer. I told Bridget, I said, yeah, I said, get me root beer or cream soda in a glass bottle so I look like I'm drinking an adult beverage, even though I'm not drinking an adult beverage. And the the proof of that will be on Twitter, right? No, yeah, it will be on Twitter. I'll post a picture later, so be watching. Well, by the time you hear this, it will be on Twitter. So check out uh, at MavPuck on Twitter and you will. MavPuck. That's right. All right. So I am participating. I have New Belgium's Tartastic Fruit Series Raspberry Lime Ale. That is, it's a very interesting looking label on there. It, you know, it is. They, limes and raspberries. Yeah. This was one of those things I saw on a shelf and went, lime? Really? Yeah. It's... And thinking kind of would be like a Corona type of thing. It's not like a Corona type of thing. Really? So what's the, so, is it, is it, it's got a strong uh, kind of fruit, fruity. It tastes like a, like a really weird lemonade. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, I don't know. It's kind of. Okay. It was a, there was a mixed, I, I've got the other one actually back in the fridge there. Uh, they've got a strawberry lemonade ale that okay. went with this. So I got three of these and three of those. Okay, great. Well, maybe we'll hear about one of those on a future episode I, of this. I'm guessing podcast. That sooner or later that will uh, that will show up on a what are we drinking segment. Okay, great. So, where should we start? This is a we're doing this as a special recruiting prospects. Yeah, and we weren't going to do this because you guys were on a youth hockey trip in Mankato last weekend. We were MIA this weekend. And I saw some pictures. It sounded like your daughter's team did well. So are they is that a 10U team that she plays on? Yeah, she plays for the Lady Junior Lancers, the 10U okay. team here in Omaha. And they did exceptionally well, I thought. Awesome. It was, uh, we have discovered that they are capable of playing in close games. Good. They won, uh, see, they won two to one on the first, in the first game. Okay. We actually ended up with two games on Saturday. So two to one in the first game and three to two in the second game. And then they lost in the championship one nothing. Awesome. So coached by former Mav Billy Puglisi. He does an amazing job. With He's girls. a great guy. He's a great guy. So I noticed some of the pictures of the venue that you were playing in. Yes. Where, where, what? Because I've been to Mankato many times for UNO hockey, but I've normally okay. stayed around downtown. Was this, was this, a venue that was like on campus or was this just somewhere within the city limits of Mankato? It's near campus, not on campus. Okay. It's where the team practices. Or okay. So this practice, so this serves serves or may have served as their practice facility. I'm pretty sure that it still does because they still play their actual rink that they play at. It's not on campus. No, it's a, uh, it's their downtown right. arena deal. Yep. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure this is their practice facility. Okay. Uh, one of the guys, one of the dads on the team played Minnesota hockey when he was younger, and he mentioned 
remembering the rink, but going that wasn't purple when he was there. So I was gonna say, yeah, I saw the I saw the uh, uh, purple, and that was the thing. Their downtown arena too used to have red and blue seats, and then a few years ago. They changed them to purple because when we were up there in 2015 uh, for the UNO series at Mankato, they finally got the coloring to go along with the with the hockey team. But it was a it was a good looking arena, so that's why I wondered yeah. about that. So it, it was, you know, we I we watched the the 12 U girls were up there as well in a tournament, and so okay, uh, my daughter has a, a friend on that team, so we would go over and watch them play when you know it didn't interfere with her schedules and stuff. Uh, I think. The ten U's luckily got the the better of the two rinks. Um, yeah, yeah, it looked but like it a, was nice. It was, yeah, it looked like a nice facility. Yeah, I got tons of video off to like shell out some of my. Yeah, exactly. Illustrated no, that's, video. That's going to be fun for you guys to 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 uh, participate in that, and it's going to be fun for uh, those of us who know you on Facebook to follow you. So yes, that'll be fun this season. But but it it does you know it does remind you that a lot of the recruits or all the recruits coming into UNO. They, this is the way they started out by yeah. playing youth hockey. Yeah. You know, we, it was, you mentioned that in this episode. And of course, you know, you and I knew that we were planning this while I was up there and stuff. Right. So, so I'm, we're at the rink and you're seeing all these kids come in that are 13s. Sure. You know, I think there was a couple that, that maybe they were, maybe they were 14s or so. And I'm just thinking, man, those are the, these are the guys that they're recruiting in a few years that they're, you know, we talked about the changes and stuff and isn't it crazy how more years than, than a couple, but yeah, I mean, Miami of Ohio just, I I believe they just got a commitment from a 14 year old. I mean, that's, it's insane when you see a 14 year old and think, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Or the fact that my daughter's less than four years away from something like that. I know. Isn't that amazing? But it really does make you think, UNO needs to get off their rear ends and get going with this women's hockey program. Otherwise, it's going to be too late for my kids. I know you and I like that. I want to have another team at UNO that I can start a new attendance streak for so I can <laughs> completely annoy my, my life schedule with that. So, yeah, we definitely need a, a women's team at some point down the road. So if you're listening to us, you know, let's get Kemp, the wheels get turning. This. Yeah, let's get the wheels turning, Kemp. Yeah. I'm sure he listens to us, right? Oh, I, I, without a doubt, he listens to us. Every word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's his favorite show. All right, so the bulk of our podcast today, we've got some some new kids coming to town. Right. This week was National Letter of Intent. So for those of you that don't know, this is uh, what we typically see up until now is verbal commitments that are right. essentially held together by a string. Yeah, you can't count on those verbals. I mean, that's that was kind of the back in the heyday of the Mad Puck message board before social media. You know, you could, I mean, a lot of the players I remember the best are the players who never showed up at UNO. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of... Said a, they were coming and they never... No, and, and sometimes they would show up with other teams and, and they you still see players like that showing up with other teams. So it's... It's kind of interesting. It's fun to follow them. It's one of my favorite things to do is to look at some of these incoming recruits. But until they sign that national letter of intent, they're not truly committed. They're not really friends until... That's, yeah, they're, they're not, yeah. Pen to paper, right? They're not our people at that point. Nope. So our format, we're going to go... We're going to go position by position. We're going to start talking about goaltenders coming in and what we're looking at there. We'll talk about the 
defensemen, and then we'll talk about the forwards, right? Yep. So, goaltenders, we got one letter of intent from Isaiah Seville, right? Yep, and we've known about him for quite a while. We've been excited about him. Um, it's It's been a while since we've had a guy who was a, you know, league-leading goaltender in the USHL, and currently he is the top-ranked goaltender in the United States Hockey League. Which for those who are which those who are are kind of casual hockey fans, if you're if you live here in Omaha and you're familiar with the Omaha Lancers, that's the he plays for the Tri City Storm, and uh, so that's the league that he plays in, and he seems sounds like a very talented guy. That is that is what I hear. I think uh, for me it's hard with goaltenders because I've seen some that have been you know, the best thing since sliced bread. Sure. And I'm like, I don't get it. And then they falter. And then there's these kids that come out of nowhere. And it's like, who are you? Fine, we'll put you on our team. And then, yeah, we're well, going to start for three years. You look at like UNO about a decade ago, and, and you know, we had our the two main goaltenders we played were Jeremy DuPont mm-hmm. and Jared Kaufman. And DuPont was the touted scholarship goaltender and Jared Kaufman was kind of the unsung guy, and Jared Kaufman kind of ended up being the the sort of the stable guy in net for UNO. So a lot of it, there's a lot of factors, as you know, it depends on who they're playing with. A lot of these top goalie prospects are playing with other, you know, players on their team that are very, very talented that in some respects can make them look good. So you just never know. Well, Jared coached my daughter once. Oh, yes. I Yeah, one. I saw that picture. So yeah. I will attest to him being a good coach at least. He's a I he's a great guy, but yeah, he was. I think a, he we was, came in in his last season because I don't think I think we saw him play one, maybe one year. That's right. I know. I most of the time that we were coming, it was Massa. Yeah, I know. See, you guys were later. You don't remember. Yeah. I and I like to throw out comments from you know yesteryear here because I've been around since you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> since forever, but unfortunately yeah. Unfortunately for me, I mean that was before the WCHA days for UNO. So right when I was in Colorado and we were coming through. And even when we first moved out here, I was still following DU because that's who I went to see when we were in Colorado. You were time. you were one of those WCHA snobs, weren't you? Well, yeah, because you had <laughs> DU and CC, so and we had North Dakota and we had Minnesota Duluth. And... You just you didn't quite appreciate the blue collar sensibility of the CCHA. I love that conference. It, we never really fit that well in that conference. It was so dominated by those Michigan schools, in particular Michigan and Michigan State during those years. But yeah, I, I I have a I have a soft spot in my heart for that conference. So yeah, Jared was a he was the workmanlike guy, and fans loved him. And and so you're you're absolutely right. You never know if a, a touted goaltender will be like a Dan Ellis who played here, who came right. in right away, and was a fantastic goalie for the three seasons he was here, or if uh, you know he'll end up uh, being a bust. You don't know. But I think. And you know me, I tend to be pretty positive about this stuff. I think Isaiah <laughs> Seville is going to be a, a fun one. I'm hopeful he will be anyway, because we need a we need a solid goaltender the next couple seasons yeah. going forward. I, I think part of it is just I still have a sour taste in my mouth from the, uh, oh, who was it just left? Um, do we? Who do we lose this season at the beginning of the season? Um, 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 the Alaska kid, the goaltender kid. Uh, oh, um. From, um, Cameron, now, somebody. Why did I? He was playing for us last year. He was our third Ooh. goaltender. And, you know, oh, 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 oh! Um, you're right. NHL draft pick. Yeah. Um, 
Oldham. Chris Oldham. Oldham. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know. Boy, we're sounding. Yeah. Boy. Gosh. <laughs> Why do we do this? I don't know. We I don't apparently know. we should have you know taken our vitamins before this with our you know you know before our drink segment or during our drink segment because yeah. This is what happens when we don't do a month on Sundays because I'm gone. It's like we just. I go. know, you know, Sunday. I'm. T- I tend to be really well rested. It's a casual <laughs> drive out here. I'm not driving out in all of the, you know, West Omaha trying to get home from work. So yeah. So Chris Oldham, an NHL draft pick that we had from Alaska, which Seville is from Alaska as well. Played for the Omaha Lancers. So I think for me, it's just there's too many like similarities between the two and i start to get this like sour taste so you're, you're a little gun shy I, I am a little hesitant on him that's i sure. get the, i've been told by people in the know a goalie coach that i know well i heard it from somebody who talked to the goalie coach i know but the goalie coach i know said he's the real deal so yes i will say knowing someone he came through the thunderbird system okay in colorado and Having been from Colorado, I still know some people out there. So I talked to some people out there and the consensus I got from them was that he is very talented and that we should be excited to have him come to Omaha. I still am a little hesitant, even hearing (laughs) that from people I respect, but I will go with them and say, yeah, yeah. You're probably scared. Considering the number of goals we've given up the last two seasons, that you 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 don't want our program to become like a goalie killer. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I mean, it, goaltenders have a tendency to be standouts. They see thirty, forty shots on, sure. on net, and you you can put a lot of focus on them. Right. You have to. We used to say that you have to be a very special head case to play goaltender. Yeah. Because you can't typically, you can't be very arrogant. No, unless you're Patrick Law, and then you're yeah. Arrogant. <laughs> you know, but you have to have this like I don't know, just this. There's this strange thing about goaltenders that is very endearing, but it does take a special, a special kind, I guess. And I, I part of me wonders with Seville. Tri-City, I think, has a, a good team, like top to bottom. Right. So how much of his success is what's in front of him? I mean, if you've got a if you've got a crazy ridiculous puck control team and he doesn't see, you know, more than like twenty shots on goal, you could have a kid that's not very good looking really, really good. I don't think that's the case with Seville, but you do have to you do always have to qualify with goaltenders. Like, how to... much of it is the system that the team plays in, and the methods that they do, and are they being successful with and the, wanting and the, to do? And the talent on the ice in front yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. You just that's that's the big question mark. Yeah. What does he get when he gets here? We right. talk. We're going to talk. You know about the, particularly the defensemen that are going to be in front of him. Yeah. You know how successful are they going to be with the kids that stay at UNO and the new kids that come in? at making sure that his job is isn't difficult that they're not giving right. away the a ton of those quality scoring chances. Yeah, that they're that they're it's it's not a situation yeah. like we've seen in certain games this year where you know, it's a it's a it's a tough task for whoever's going to yeah. be sitting back there between the pipes. We've seen it know? on Twitter there's a lot of people that jump on Evan 
for having a bad game. And I'm sitting there going, you know, a lot of those guys don't watch hockey because no. I don't care who you are. When you're giving away slot passes and you're giving yeah. away stuff that's going, you know, dot to dot. Yeah. I mean, that's a long way for a goaltender to go. And yeah, he's going to make some saves every once in a while sliding across sure. there. But statistically speaking, he's going to let in more of those than he saves. Oh, yeah. And, and we just need it. We need to, as a team right now, we need to shut those down. And well, we, we talk about that Western Michigan, that last yeah. Western Michigan game where they were act, where they blocked, I think it was 20 some shots yeah. that game. I mean, it was, it was a good performance and they need to, they need to do more of that. Yeah. yeah. Fill the lanes, collapse down. So yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. I mean, you know, but just, you know, for the record, he has a 1.54 goals against average, which I would. Anything under two is good. I would kill for, yeah, I would kill for a, <laughs> a Maverick like team that gave up two or fewer goals per game. Absolutely. So let's move on. Let's start talking about these kids that are going to try to help him have an easy job. Uh, Colby Enns. Let's start with him. Colby Enns. North Dakota kid played in Minot. At least he didn't go to North Dakota. He did. He didn't go to North Dakota. He decided. To so come he does us. have. He does have some brains. We can give him that, right? Oh, absolutely. He, he made. Oh, he made the right choice. He made the. And I believe um, in one of the articles I read, and I could be wrong, but I believe he mentioned um, that there had been some kids from up in that area that had come play hockey down here, like Mason Morelli, and that. Yeah. That had an impact on him. So. But that's good. Yeah. Keep that going. That's right. We like those guys. North Dakota actually recruits in North Dakota, though. So, yeah, they recruit all over. So usually, yeah, they don't you, really have to do much recruiting. I mean, people. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so, yeah. So, what do you think about Colby Ends coming in? I, I like him. I think size wise, he's. I like that we're going after some bigger defensemen. He's six. Is he six two? Listed. Yep, 6'2". Yep. 6'2", six, two. Six, two, two, 200 pounds. 201 on Elite Prospects. So, 6 foot, 201. He should probably put on another 10 pounds of muscle. Yeah, and I would imagine that will happen here. Yeah. Don't you think? I would hope so. I mean, they get a pretty good strength conditioning program. So, yeah. they'll have a target for him on, on where he should be. You know, the... The funny thing about him, I was watching some videos and stuff. I found some videos and stuff on him. Okay. And the thing that I noticed was that he didn't... Sometimes guys like like Chara, classic example. The guy's tall, and he looks tall, and you just know it. And right. this guy's 6'2", and I would not have guessed that he was 6'2". Really? He, he plays a pretty aggressive skating style. Okay. And so... I think that can help us. I think yep. that can save him if he is out of position a little bit. Sure. Um, I know when we coached high school in Colorado, you know, we focused on our, our defensemen a lot on, unfortunately, things that you can't really see. Right. We focused a lot on their head, their mental game. Yeah. And, I mean, until he gets here and plays some games, the clips and stuff that I can find on on YouTube and ends and um, the Canadian hockey clubs and things like that, like scattering reports and elite prospects. I mean, those types of, they're just throwing together highlight reels and that stuff's just not going to tell you a whole lot on it. It's, it's always hard to tell, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, when you look at defensive hockey 
just in general, um, you're looking at a guy who <clears throat> a lot of times the most important plays happen away from the puck. And so you're right. You know, when, right. They, when it's a highlight reel, you know, in those instances, you're looking for a, you know, a, a great check or you're looking for, you know, an assist or a goal that a defenseman happens to get. So in that said, he has in 17 games, two goals and four assists with the central Illinois flying aces. There we go. Yeah, and I don't know what that tells us exactly. It's still early in the season, but you know. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I kind of don't want to jump into this too early because we still have other defensemen to talk about. Right. But part of this is like, I wonder if this is the writing on the wall telling us kind of what um, coaches, Coach Gabinet's kind of going for. Like, yeah, I mean, is, what do you think his? What do you think Gabinet's of... philosophy going forward is going to be? Well, I. I would say that if if I base it solely on this recruiting class, which I, I don't know is really fair to coach. Right. But I look at what he's got. He's he went after a quality goaltender. Yep. He got big defensemen he got some, who should yeah. be able to play fairly physical. Sure. Yep. And he got forwards that I I see a lot on the 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 prospect pages and stuff, they talk right. about their quote-unquote creativity. Okay. And so, it he doesn't seem to be going after a, you know, a style like the Avalanche play right now or like Toronto plays where it's speed, speed kills kind of right. thing. Uh, where you have a lot of puck-moving defensemen, you have a lot of quick, especially short, quick forwards that you know are creative and, and right and capable of scoring. Sure, I don't. It doesn't seem like he's going that route. It seems like he's going to go more towards a you know play. Are you thinking more of kind of like a methodical team that you know is a little bit more of, patient and waits for their yeah, opportunities? More, yeah, more. I'm guessing they're going to... A little bit more structured. will have more space in the neutral zone. Okay. But they're going to work on pursuit and collapse and, you know, give them a little bit of room and then take it away quickly. Okay. And then you need that creativity to then move the puck the other way. Right. Quickly and get and get a decent chance on that. So... Because you're not going to be relying on some, you know, some kid that can run the 440 type of thing. Yeah. So... It, I know it seems that way. Uh, he's got a coach to that. I mean, he's got to he's got to create a system that allows these kids that have creativity as a skill set to be creative. Right. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I I mean, I mean, we say that now, and again, I don't know what exactly his plans are, or how these guys will mesh with the uh, current players on the roster, or even or, how they'll mesh together. Yeah, you never know. It may be something completely different than what we're so, we've yeah. talked about before. I mean, I'm a chemistry guy. I always look for line combinations yeah. of kids that just seem to gel well together. And you know, I've I've said that's something that I I feel is lacking from the current team. And so, right. who knows with these new kids coming in, how that messes with the chemistry? Hopefully, because there'll be a lot of new guys, and these will all be Gabinet recruits. That they'll all mesh yeah. well together. They're all coming in together. Know? That usually yeah. helps too. Yeah, I mean, they'll go through some stuff. 
with orientation that stuff together so they'll be able to bond together yeah, but exactly. like you pointed out i mean then it's how do you mix in with the rest of the guys right exactly that have been here for two three years yeah, who were playing Dean Blaze hockey, you know, and we yeah. don't, we don't, we don't, we, we still don't quite yet know what Gabinet wants to do with the team. So, well, we're trying to read the tea leaves here and see if we, <laughs> see if we can guess. Oh, Gabinet's probably wall. like, these guys have no idea what they're talking about, but yeah. I'm sure there's people out there that are going to tweet us. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. That's all right. Guys have no idea what you're talking about. So I can handle it, whatever. I know. So All right. Our, so, so our next, next up on the list. Our next defenseman, I believe we talked about him uh, just briefly in the very first episode of the Mav Puck cast, which seems like, I mean, it seems like we've been doing this now like six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> episode eight. Episode, yeah. Exactly. Um, Alexander Roy, who they seem to refer to him on all the, you know, statistical charts as Alex Roy. So let's, you know, we'll refer to him as Alex that's fine as long as Blinkenberg's not here anymore. Cause... Exactly. We don't we don't want two Alexes on. <laughs> I can't handle that. It's too confusing. So this he's a big boy. He's six uh, five. Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> six five. What about two hundred and ten pounds? Big again. Kid. That's one I've seen. Two ten. I don't. I think they need to go weigh this kid again because. Yeah, he kind of looks like a he... linebacker in there. Yeah, he's a. And. We talk about this, you know, people that I've talked to and that stuff. And I am, I am in this camp. I think this is the kid I expect the most from. I think this is probably our, our best. I, I would put him as a, a better recruit than Seville. Just from really? our needs and what we've seen, I, I like this kid the most out of our class. I'll take the blue chip goalie, dude. You'll but... take the chip goalie. <laughs> But you're you're excited about the the you're you're excited about the a big defenseman. I completely understand. He looks like a big physical kind of player. Could be important for us in yeah, the lineup. He hits. Yep. I mean, and he's the the nice thing is is that from what I've been told, not having been able to find video on any of this stuff, is right. he he is a formidable force and the Guys that play against him, you have to know where he is. Because if you don't, he'll lay out some bodies. You know where he is. Yeah. And it's not going to feel good. Well, that's what we need. We need some good physical, hard hitting players. Obviously, it depends on who you play, but we need some guys who can be physical because we haven't always been a physical team in in recent years. So this will be. And then the other thing that I like is that he's physical, but he doesn't seem to take a ton of penalty minutes. That's so important. he's smart about when to use it and how to use it. Yeah, he doesn't spend a lot of time in the box. Right. Because that can kill you. I've seen... We've seen that with... It used to be a Western Michigan thing. I mean, they used to have big kids that would bruise you, but they'd also have to kill off 10 penalties. They, yeah, you. I, yeah. again, that, that you're right. The, the Those old former CCHA yeah. teams, that's the kind of hockey that they played. And then they'd come in and they'd play at Denver, and it's like, yeah, you, you can hit us. <laughs> And go sit in the box, and we'll score, right? Three out of four times, right? And we're gonna beat you badly, not because we were necessarily a better team, but because you know we were sixty some percent. Like I remember, Denver scored nine out of ten on Western Michigan on the power play once, and okay. won nine to two. Like wow, yeah. Literally, their entire game was when you sit down, we're gonna put the puck in the back of the net. Exactly. So, and as an aside, speaking of Western Michigan, that 
sweep at North Dakota this last weekend was surprising and impressive and everything else. So it was, which should help us in the rankings that shower. Yes, the rankings that Connor does not want us to talk about. And we're not going to talk about them, but that was a, and it, it just, before we get back to the players here, that makes me feel a little bit better about that. It makes me feel oh. a little bit better about that split we got up there. Miami's ranked and we split them too. Yep. So we're on our way. All right. Up next, Scanlon, Brandon Scanlon. Brandon Scanlon. We just found out today that he signed a national letter of intent. So we had wondered, cause he seemed like Welcome a guy who, Brandon. yeah, he seemed like a guy who would come in. I was excited for him to come in. Plays for the Brooks Bruins in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Seems like a good player. He seems, unfortunately, in in our world, we're having to call him a, a small defenseman because he's only like 190 pounds. Yeah, six three, 190 pounds, and he's a you know small defense. So another big, another big boy, another tall. Yeah, yep. I think for me, he seems he seems the probably the most offensively capable that's what i was gonna say he looks to be an offensive defenseman which could be good for us question is where do you pair him but that's crazy 33 assists last season with the brooks bandits puck moving defenseman that's right yeah well and that's good because i think he's seeing lanes that's that's going to be with any puck defense puck moving defenseman the key is is can they see can they see the lane when the lane's not there? Because if you wait until you see the lane, the lane's going to close. Right. These teams are good enough. And, and some of that, from what I hear, is, is kind of what he's seeing right now with the season is, is that they're playing a little bit better and, and he's, he's, not, he's a little hesitant and, and a little behind on some of the passes. Once he gets that timing down, he'll be back up to scoring the way he was. So he may struggle the first year just with the speed and the size and everything and, and the skill level that comes with playing college hockey. Yeah. As he transitions um, from the Alberta right. league to uh, the NCAA, but I, once I, he gets it under his feet, hopefully oh yeah, he'll I, be producing the way we've seen him produce. He's been pretty consistent. He is. Yeah, he has. Yeah. I mean, if you look at those numbers, I mean, he's, and he's got a lot of playing experience. Yeah. He's a 19-year-old. So it's pretty common with defensemen to see them. You know, they'll have a they'll have a really good season where they'll, they'll produce a lot of points and they'll right. have a season where they don't produce very many points. And, but he is I'm, I'm just looking at the numbers and, here on elite prospects and he he seems to be really consistent. Yeah, was it 17, 30, 27, 41? So Yeah. So he'll be good. And it's Canadian hockey, so it's not, you know, <laughs> not U10 Alabama yeah, or anything it's, like that. <laughs> It's not some, you know, funky, uh, yeah, funky league we don't know about down right. in, you know, the Southeast United States. So, yeah, he'll be good. I'm excited about him. I think there's a lot of upside for him, and I think he'll be a player. Hopefully, he's a player who can come in and and uh, fit in right away because, again, we need, we need guys who can, you know, help us score goals too, so. Well, yeah, and with, you know, with Tyler up front. Yeah. I mean, if we can have a defenseman that moves that puck up quick so he doesn't have to come back yeah. as far into the zone, changes the dynamics. Of Tyler Weiss, Taylor Ward up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Primu. I mean, you get yeah. get someone that can move the puck uh-huh. quick and get him in front of the net. And, and put the puck in place. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it could be offensively, they could be very exciting with uh, Brandon Scanlon in the lineup. Yeah. So that's, that's the defenseman we have. Right. 
Is there anything you think we're missing on defensemen? Is is there a player that we probably should have, a type of player or something that you think we should have gotten that we didn't? I mean, not off the top of my head. I mean, again, it's going to depend on, part of it's going to depend on, you know, I mean, we assume that all of the freshmen, sophomores, and juniors will return next season, but we never know if there'll be a, you know, Colin Granary type of a situation who he's playing for a, Right. college up in Canada this season. So you never know. But I think overall, I think these guys look like solid players. Yeah. The one thing I, I noticed is at least, you know, obviously we don't, we don't know a whole ton because we're not watching these kids. We're not. Right. Now, and like kids. I, like we were talking about defensemen for me are probably the toughest thing to analyze because all we have to go on is, you know, stat sheets, which with defensemen, it's. They don't show up as much. No, you gotta, you gotta see them play in person. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see anyone talking about any of our defensive prospects as having a heavy shot or, you know, a quick shot or a good vision with a shot. So I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about, particularly on like a power play or something, that shot from the point that's going to help expand the box right. and give us some more, you know, a softer zone or, or more opportunity. More options, play. yeah. Or even on regular strength. I mean, just anything to to spread out the defensive schema a little bit more. Right. But that said, I mean, with guys that size and stuff, they may have it and just haven't needed to or haven't shown it. Or that's just not what these the scouts that are writing the stuff that we're reading are paying attention to. Right. So. On to the forwards? On to the forwards. All right. Let's start with Joey. Joey Abate. Plays for the Youngstown Phantoms in the USHL. Got a lot of USHL guys coming in. You know, you know, I like, you know, here's the thing. The 3 4 season when UNO only won eight games that season, one of the things mm-hmm. Coach Kemp kept saying, mm-hmm. it was like his mantra in the local media was that help is on the way. And we got a lot of, we got five or six strong USHL forwards who came in. So I'm always happy to get guys from the USHL. It's a league that we're familiar with here in Omaha. Uh, and they're producing top prospects year in, year out. You never know from year to year what will happen, but we've, um, and I look at guys over the years like, you know, Tyler Vessel, Scott Parse, Brian Marshall. Um, these are players that have been, you know, key cogs in the offensive engine of this team. So I'm excited to see him. So Joey Abate, you've taken a look. I've taken a look. I have. I would say... He had a he had a good season in the NAHL, and I he hasn't performed as well in the USHL as he did that season. And no. I don't know if that, that makes me cautious on him, just because as he as he reached his has he reached the point where the talent is above him, right? And that's that's something that's interesting. Again. You know me, I try to be positive on these broadcasts. (laughs) But um, he is currently, and obviously it's early in the USHL season, but he is currently ranked 52nd in points. But of our forward, of all of our recruits, well, in the, that are coming from the USHL, he is the top point producer at this point. So I don't know, right. yeah, again, I don't know what that tells you, but I, I do see what you're looking at here on the numbers because when he was with the Janesville Jets, 
right? He had a big year with the Janesville Jets. So then he had a, uh, one year with the Lancers. He only, or he had part of a season with the Lancers. And he, yeah, he got traded. He split with the Lancers. Right. And, and then, my guess is, is that's the Lancers looked at him and said, this kid's golden, brought him in and went, this isn't working out. Yeah. Which very well may be system. Because I, yeah. I'm not one, I know a lot of people jump on kids when they come in and they don't per, perform and, and I typically, unless I see something that tells me that it's really the kid, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's probably just the system in Omaha wasn't right for him. Right. And so that, that said, you know, he was with, like we said, he, he played part of the season with the Lancers, 12 games, and then he played the rest of the season with the Youngstown Phantoms. And he had five goals and 10 assists. Now this year so far, he has six goals and five assists. So, you know, you never know what those numbers will look like right. when, you know, March rolls around. So he may be, yeah, it's it's one of those. It's Can hard he keep to t- it up? Can he have a, a good season before he steps up right. to college hockey? Because you look at, you know, some of the recruiting classes we've had, like, for example, the, the 2014 recruiting class came in, you had... Um, you had Tyler Vessel, and then you had um, his cohort, also on the Lancers, whose name is escaping me, who led the USHL that year. What year was that? That was 2014. 14? Yeah. Hold on. Ooh. I think I got this. Jake Randolph. Randolph. Yeah, Randolph and Vessel. Where's my favorite number? Yeah, Randolph was uh, number one in port- points that year. Uh, Vessel was number three in points that year. So we always get excited when we see those guys putting up big numbers. Now, that said, we've had guys who put up big numbers in the USHL who haven't put up big numbers when they've gotten to college. So you just don't know. But but yeah, like I said, of the USHL forwards um, that we're bringing in this season, he is uh, the leader thus far. Next up, talk about Josh. Josh, Josh. Boyer. What do you think about Josh? What do you expect from this kid coming in? Josh is with the Madison Capitals, and he was in the North American Hockey League the previous... Oh, just last season he was with the Brookings Blizzard. So he had a he had a very productive year in the North American Hockey League last year. He had 27 goals, 31 assists. So, yeah. Point per game producer. Yeah, he was. So I'm excited. And obviously, the North American Hockey League isn't exactly congruent with the USHL. Right. But there's a lot of good players that come out of the North American Hockey League, and we've had a lot of good players yeah. coming out of that league. So he's a guy who can obviously, you know, put up points, goals, assists. Yeah, but can he do it? No, we've. I mean, we keep talking about this. Like, yeah, I yeah, know. he did, but can he do it when the talent's better? I know. It's hard and to know. What kind of you know what we we haven't really talked about this, but I I think Gabnet has a a plan in place. He doesn't strike me as one who's like, when these kids get here, we'll figure it out. No, he is. That's he's a he's a very smart, very well read. Mm-hmm. Seems like a very prepared individual. So I think he has. So there's a role idea that this mind. kid's gonna yep. play, like. We're sure. going to do something for this team, and right. we don't know what that is. It may he may not be the 
point-per-game producer that we need. Right. His role may be as an assist man. His role may be as a defensive specialist. He may be an offense. That's one of the things that, unfortunately, a lot of this stuff doesn't track is, you know, what's his plus-minus? Does he play power play or penalty kill? Does he sure. get? Is, is he a center and taking face-offs? And you and I have not watched enough junior hockey to know... You know, we'll have to get out. We'll have to go watch some USHL games this season. And yeah. And some of these guys come to town and Especially see how Especially when look. Muskegee comes in town. Yeah, I know, because that seems to be our farm <laughs> team right now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I don't know, but you see these guys who... And obviously, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, a different transition. Right. When they, you know, when they move from the North American Hockey League to the USHL. But, I mean, here's what I would say, Jason. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you look at... Um, Josh Boyer, you look at Joey Abate, they've put up numbers before. They may put up big numbers for UNO. They certainly have the potential to yep. do it. And I've talked to some people at UNO games and stuff that have talked about former players, particularly when we made the transition from Blaze to Gabnet. You know, they were they were quality kids. They weren't your Jake Genslaus and Ortega kids. Right. But they weren't producing and it wasn't because they weren't talented. It was because the system didn't really fit their style, their style of play. And then Gabinet comes in and says, well, let's move you around. Let's do something different. Let's put you in a better spot. And suddenly, you know, Luke Nogard's getting, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. You know, he had a two goal game and yeah. like, I, I couldn't have told you if he had ever scored prior to, he was, he was not a, he was not one of those, you know, highly touted. You get excited about, Right. Forwards coming in. But you need those guys. You do. Like, you're not going to recruit a bunch of Jink Gensloss and Ortega. No, you need the Justin Parizeks of the world. Right. Yep. Absolutely. You need the guys that are going to grind. You need the guys. You need someone who's going to win faceoffs. We've struggled a little bit with that uh, throughout the season. You know, we've, yep. we've had periods where we've done really good and then you know, we've dropped off. We'd have games where we do all right and then. Games where we did terrible, so some consistency inside the dot would help us. We um, need guys who are going to execute what Mike Gabinet wants them to execute. There's a lot of right-handed shots that he's bringing in, so that's yeah. I think he had, t- he's probably he, change he had the told direction so, he had, they go on the breakout. I think the didn't he didn't he puck. tell somebody before this before the season started that we had an awful lot of left-handers on the I team? I did say we needed some right-handers. And it's so, oh, was that Don't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm sure he yeah. So he went out and got some yeah. I as a left-hander, I'm happy with uh, left-handers, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. So yeah, you were the one who mentioned that. I knew it was somebody who was telling me yeah. that. So was, yeah, apparently I'm talking to you all the time. So apparently we hang out too yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we've looked at Josh. We're excited about Josh and Joey, and now we're on to Ryan Brichette. Yeah, plays for the Powell River Kings in the BCHL. He is not a USHL guy. Can we say that about him? No, but some of my favorite players like Jeff Hogan and Greg Zanon were BCHL guys, so I love the British Columbia. Well, that's awesome. I did not know that about them. You didn't know that? No, I did not. That's neat. Okay. See, that's what happens when we're dealing with somebody, you know, Mr. Analyst here who's from, you know, <laughs> Colorado. You know, apparently I have to be the institutional memory. Yeah. So those guys are among my favorite players. We had a lot of BCHL guys in those early years. Yeah. Yep. It's a good league. It it's really is. It's fun to league. watch. If you've ever yeah. seen, I caught some games on television once. Yeah. Um, it's, it's entertaining. The kids are definitely talented. Oh, without a doubt. 
Yeah, and so, you know, obviously, like I said, I like those USHL forwards, but it's great to get those guys from the BCHL in here. So, And he's having a really good season. And he's yep. 31 points in 24 games right now. Yes, so he's he bettering is. than a point a game. That's right. And... A little bit smaller, 5 foot 11. Yeah, I mean... He's going to look really tiny against uh, our 6 foot 3, 6 foot 5 defenseman. Yeah, he, um, you know, among uh, point producers in the BCHL right now, he is currently 10th with 30 points, 14 goals, 16 assists. He got another assist. Oh, He's he got 31. Oops. Yep. I took that screenshot last night. So, oh. yeah. so yes. Yeah, so, or the other Saturday, something, whenever I took the screenshot. Anyway, at the time of my screenshot, he was ranked 10th in the British Columbia League in points. So, yeah, he's having a really productive year. I saw a few scouts that had written and, and some writers and stuff that follow him up in BC that were writing that he's he's got a really good head on his shoulders, um, that he's, quote-unquote, a visionary is, was the word that they used. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Reminded me a little bit of what they were writing about Tyler Weiss before he came in. Right. Just his vision and his, you know, his skill set with the puck and that stuff about needing to put on a little bit more weight and, and get a little bit more durable. Although right. he seems to do just fine in the BCHL. He's a little bit older, but here's the kind of cool thing. He's played a, a lot of junior hockey over the years. I actually did a blog post on Ryan Brochette. Oh yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah, I did. <laughs> just Way to go. Popped, yeah. It just popped into my head that I did that. But um, <laughs> what's very interesting. Everyone go read John's blog. Yeah, what's yeah, go to Math Puck and click on news and you can find the blog post. Um I believe he was tied in twenty fifteen to Providence College. So that was that was oh. the year that they won the national championship. So he was tied to Pro- Providence. So that he season. was probably a verbal commit there then? Yeah, I would imagine so. Okay. And yeah, so I think he was involved, believe it or not, this is a little bit of trivia for you. He was involved in a trade with Timu Polkanen back when he played for the Sioux Falls Stampede in the USHL in the 2015-16 season. Mm, maybe that was a little bit of a, a lean for them coming for him coming here then, huh? Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of a that was kind of a cool thing. It's it's interesting when you've got those guys, and we've talked about those guys on the podcast before that have played a lot of junior hockey. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've lost interest in some of the schools. The nice thing about those guys coming in is that they have a lot of experience, and they played with a lot of coaches and a lot of players. They played in different systems. And what I really liked seeing about his stats was the four years in the playoffs. So he's played postseason. He's you know, he's seen what it is after the quote-unquote regular season. Absolutely. And he's yeah. also one of our older recruits, which should be interesting. He's got some maturity to him coming in. You know, he's yep. not one of the 17, 18-year-old kids. He's not a, you know, 19-year-old one-year USA. No, and in, 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 the, in the world where the, you know, the better programs tend to recruit the younger guys it's nice to get some of those older players that's that's what uno did in the early years of the program and it it really benefited them early on and i think having that leadership having that experience having somebody who's a little bit more grounded will be good for the team but yes i did write the blog post and at mark diver on twitter back may 23rd 2015 okay said that hearing that at friars hockey recruit ryan brochette will be traded 
to the Sioux Falls Stampede from the um, Sioux City Musketeers for 95 Timu Polkanen. So, yeah, a little bit of trivia. He was he was involved with stuff. So, kind of small a small world. Yeah, kind of a, a small world thing. But yeah, I'm excited about Ryan Brushek coming in. Like I said, I like those BCHL guys. So, I think he'll be good to have that experience in the lineup. And he seems to be a guy like you said, has postseason experience and can put up points. So Noah. Noah Prokop plays for the Green Bay Gamblers. Played for Shattuck St. Mary's in high school. So that's one of those good Minnesota prep schools that we like to get players from. Yeah, it's it's tough going up there trying to take the sled through Minnesota and come back with it someone. It so. definitely is. Expectations? I don't know. This kind of seems... He seems to me like a role player guy. He seems to me like he's kind of going to be one of those... Maybe, uh, you know, if he gets, if he's got a good head, I don't know. I mean, if he's got a good head in his shoulders and he's, you know, talented, it's kind of a defensive style forward, maybe a penalty killer for or something. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't see much that tells me he's going to be. He's not an offensive, amazing. he's not an offensive giant in the USHL for sure. Currently he's ranked 88th in points. Again, according to It'd the be screenshot, interesting yeah. when, if you know, like you said, we should go to the, some of these. We should see when uh, they're coming in because he's one that he's one I had a hard time reading, right? Because I couldn't find much on him, uh, I couldn't find video, so I'm I'm reading everything off of stats. Going, I don't know, this kid's kind of the only you know, vid- the only video I found on YouTube was a radio interview where he said he could solve a Rubik's cube in less than a minute. So what so, does that tell you? It tells me you can solve a Rubik's Cube in he's a minute. Like, he's like, can you solve a Rubik's Cube? I can't solve it. No, Rubik's but I could throw one to him. Yeah, well, I could, you know, I could take a little screwdriver and pop it apart and put it back together that way. Or take the, the or do like, like when I was a kid, because I was, I'm, I'm older than you, so I was alive when the Rubik's Cube first came out, and everybody would take the stickers off and put them back on, and then the stickers would be in a perpetual state of just falling off. But it says to me he's a smart kid. I solved one once, but I watched the YouTube video while I was doing it. Okay, well, that doesn't count. But yeah, maybe I but, solved it. But I don't know, but maybe he did too. I don't know. But anyway, he's... I'm pretty sure he can't watch the video in a minute and still solve it. Yeah, I think no, he's actually like the real deal when it comes to solving Rubik's Cubes. I think he, I just, he seems like a smart kid. Skills. He seems like a smart kid. I think he'll, I think he'll be good. But again, wait, let's, let's take a look was here. He I mean, the one, I believe there was one of the kids that talked about how, you know, one of his reasons for coming here was because of the UNO business program. Was that... Was that him or was that one of the other prospects? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. I, well, I, re- I do remember seeing that, but I don't remember if it was him or not. I have to go back and find that. I, I want to say it was him or maybe... No, I really think it was him. Was it? I kind of really do. I'll go find it at some point. Well, we'll could be right. It it's, it's, a, it's a great business school, so a lot it of does. these guys should check it out. But, I mean, he had a really... His, his you know... Before juniors, when he uh, his year with Shattuck St. Mary's, and he had two, yeah, yeah, two, two years with Shattuck St. Mary's. My eyes are going here, so because he was sixteen in the midget prep. Yep. Okay. His last season at Shattuck St. Mary's, fifteen goals, thirty assists. Yeah, production at that level. I mean, talent wise, there's a bigger gap on those teams, so. 
take it a little bit with a grain of salt from that. I know, I know. I look at what he's been doing, but it is, but it is Minnesota high school hockey. It is. I mean, it is the best of yeah that range. Which, in addition to the USHL players, BCHL players, I love the Minnesota prep players that we've gotten at UNO. So maybe we should change this to who do you not like to see recruits from? (laughs) I don't know. A few minutes on the podcast. I don't know. Yeah. So. But I'm excited. He seems like a really nice kid in the interview I saw him. He can solve a Rubik's Cube in less than a minute. So smart kid, too. So Nolan Sullivan. Nolan Sullivan from Eden right. Prairie, Minnesota. I read someone from Minnesota who wrote an article about him when he was... Gosh, he probably would have been before junior hockey, maybe midget. Okay. That said he was the Swiss Army knife kid. Just one of those forwards you can plug and play anywhere into your lineup, anywhere into your system, and he works. He's like that all-purpose tool in your tool toolbox that you need. Yeah. Okay. So if he's still that kid, I'm I'm happy about that because I'd love to have someone here that just puts in the effort, does what he needs to do, can do anything you ask him to do. You just have to ask him to do it. Yeah, it looks like he's been, uh, you know... A- pretty solid guy with the muskegon lumberjacks before that he was in the north american hockey league for the aberdeen wings and his coach for the wings said he has a very high hockey iq we like i said we've we've heard that from a lot of them i know well this i, I mean this is good to hear gabinet's going out and getting smart hockey players they can solve rubik's cubes they can solve they're gonna do what he wants <laughs> that may be the key well, and maybe that's his thing is, you know, he may want to run something more complicated than he's capable of running now, but he doesn't right. have the confidence and the the mental awareness of the kids that are here. Sure. All of them. I mean, it's yeah. kind of one of those things like, I can have confidence in half my team, but if the other half of the team's running around like chicken with their head cuts off, we're yeah. not going to be very successful. That's so right. he may be dumbing down his system right now, just waiting for the kids that he wants in here to come in that he can really... Yeah complicate things because he knows these kids are smart enough to understand it and take it in it could be really beautiful hockey to watch you know in a couple years from now and the great thing is is those are the types of things like you get hurt you get you know even a minor injury or something i mean you can have kids kind of lose their touch yep with passing or or shooting um you can have a um, an issue of confidence with defensemen who just get out of position too much and they start to just get in their own heads and then they're just all over the place. Um, but that intelligence, that hockey IQ is yeah. stuff that I don't really see. It doesn't typically go away. No. They're smart or they're not. And exactly. It's it's all, it all becomes how you use them and whether or not your system. Well, and in the NCHC, you have to be a smart hockey player. Yeah. You know? These teams are good. They are. Every one of them. Absolutely. So no, no, yeah. So no, that's the last one that we have. That's a for sure letter resident, correct? I think so. Is that the last one on our? I think that's the last one on our list. That's last. We've got a couple extras to talk about. And how many is that? How many is that? Nine guys so far. Eight guys. Nine. It's nine. Okay. And then we've got a few that we're not sure about. One. One of the. Yeah, I. Davis Pennington was listed on some sites as a 2019 recruit, but it's just his rookie season in the North American Hockey League. So right. 
I would say the I'm same sh- with Bremer too. Like these are kids that seem to have committed to UNO, but still have eligibility, so they may not yeah. be nineteen twenties, right? Bremer's inter- interesting. He played in the Alberta League last year, and now he's with the Muskegon Lumberjacks, it's our farm team. Seriously, we have to go to their games. Yeah, we we got it. We got it. When they come, to, we'll have to make a point if if it works out with our schedule to go see them. Um, we'll make our schedules work around it. Yeah, hockey. That's kind of how my. I'm not going to miss you in hockey for oh, anything really. That's true. Funerals. I we've left weddings early to preserve this 440 <laughs> whatever attendance streak. So, yeah, Brock Bremer's a guy. I did a blog post on him, so you can check that out in the news section on MathPuck. Um, he's a guy that I'm I'm excited about. I kind of, he's one I kind of hope that he is a 1920. I hope he is I'd too. I'd like to have him here. Yeah. I, we just, this is one of those we just don't know. We don't, because he has that, like the other guys we just mentioned, because they have eligibility at lower levels, maybe the plan is, is to wait and bring him in. It depends on what Gabinet wants to do. We have 10 departing seniors, so you would assume we would have 10 new players coming in. But again, it depends... It depends on what they want to do for themselves, too, because if right. you're looking at it saying, hey, you know, a little bit more time in a USHL team or a junior hockey or, or up in Canada or something like that, another year is going to increase my NHL draft capability. Right. You you may want to hang out and try to get into a second, third, fourth round rather than a sixth round pick and then go to college. Exactly. And and the other thing too, is that we're bringing in a lot of freshmen next year. And and one of the things I remember, I remember this from years ago, one of the things David Quinn, when he was an assistant at, mm-hmm. at UNO, one of the things he said is they really want to try to achieve more balance in recruiting classes. So you have like, more like a situation where you're bringing in, you know, like five or six guys a year as opposed to these, you know, cause he talked about there was, I, I think that was in the era when Niagara was really good. Well, that mm-hmm. they're, team had like you know i think 10 or 12 seniors at the time so it was kind of that one you know the upperclassmen loaded team and he said we really like to have the balance so you're not trying to have to reinvent the wheel you know every couple years you know yeah i mean that's that's how north dakota and sure minnesota for a long time and michigan and denver i mean those are those are teams that were all talented year in and year out they always had a shot because they had a nice pipeline of kids that came in that you knew were going to be fits for a system that already existed. Yeah. You weren't reinventing the wheel every season. And you were saying, we're, you know, we're losing a, a star caliber goal scorer. So we need to bring in a star caliber yeah. goal scorer. It made it a lot easier, but obviously UNO is a situation right now. And we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Cause I'm, I'm hopeful that they can, you know, get things going right, in the second half. But like I said, you don't know what the coaches are going to look at and say, this is what we really need to do going forward to kind of get this team turned around and get them competitive yeah, on a consistent basis. So I've got one more thing before we sign off. Do you have anything else before we sign off? I don't have anything else about these recruits, but we're excited to see these guys come in. So we're looking forward to them being Mavericks and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about them more as the season goes on. So my one thing that remains okay. is not prospect related. Okay. We're going to attempt to, Jinx the poor kid from Arizona this weekend. That would be Johnny Walker. Yes. We heard his name far too much when we played Arizona Arizona. State in October. Yeah. Yeah. So 
There was a you would put out a poll on on our in our Facebook on group your Facebook group asking me what to get and. I don't even remember who it was. Johnny someone Walker Red. Mentioned, Johnny Walker Black. Right. And mm. someone mentioned there was an other option. And yes. And put stuff in the comments. And in the comments, there was a Johnny Walker White. Yes. Which I had never heard of. But my wonderful wife actually found it today. Well done, Jolene. So, having Johnny Walker White, we are going to attempt to white out Johnny Walker from Arizona State. Give him a nice goose egg on those score sheets. Jason's going to have a little shot here. I've got got a shot. So to blank him out this weekend. So, Johnny, you're a good player, but for a couple weekends, here we go. Okay. That's actually pretty decent. That's pretty good. Did it clear up your sinuses? I'm probably not getting sick. (laughs) It's kind of like, it's got a late kick. That's yeah, kind of interesting. Just hit. <laughs> so I think the winner was black. So if no. we get if we get smoked by Arizona State, I'm probably gonna have to get a bottle of black. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, we'll be, we'll have something to celebrate on Sunday. So with that said, I think sign off here. We'll be back on wrap it up. Yeah, th- we. We'd like to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving this week. Yes, come enjoy some time with your family. Yep, come out to the UNO games at Baxter Arena on Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. And be sure to... 7 o'clock starts, right? Both of them? Absolutely. Be be sure to follow Mad Puck on Facebook and Twitter. Yes. Be sure to listen to back episodes of the podcast if you haven't already, because we've got a lot of good stuff in there. And if you want to find the links to those, visit mavpuck.com. And make sure you subscribe on YouTube because we need 100 subscribers. Yeah, we're up to like, what, 40? I think we're up to like 46. We're almost halfway there. Yeah, we are. So yeah, get because so we want to claim our custom domain name. So yeah. Search Mad Podcast, Mad Podcast on YouTube. Mad Podcast on YouTube. Come on. Yes, and subscribe. Subscribe. And like while you're there too. That'd be a good thing. Yep. Feel free to comment too, right? That's we'll it, it, As long as they're positive comments, sure. Yeah, well, if they're not, we just ignore them. Yeah, we will. It's kind of what I do with most people in my life. Yeah, we don't care. (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. Y'all take care of yourself. We'll see you at the games on Friday and Saturday. Go Mavs.